This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. My name is Ricky Widmer. And as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And if you have not already, I hope it's up by the time this podcast is up. But if you have not seen it already, you have to go to the YouTube page. Check out the video that Mark and Sean, you guys finally did a video together for the yeah. YouTube channel. You know what? It's interesting to see that he's a real person. Uh, well, you two have never met to this point. Yeah, we never once have met. Not a single time. Uh, I, I've gotten text messages from him before. Just his random number. I don't have him saved in my phone, obviously, because why would I do that? Uh, never never have actually really responded to him besides, like, one-word answers. Um, you know, this was interesting. Maybe now I'll give him a complete sentence or two. And also you'll get a clear insight to the kind of relationship that Sean has with his girlfriend, but mm-hmm. we're going to have a jam-packed show for you guys today, talking some football off-season topics, of course, but it's still jam-packed. We're going to be talking Tom Brady and his suspension, but we're going to take a different side to it that we've never tackled in the two years that we've dealt with Deflategate. Then we're going to be talking about Mark's team, the Chicago Bears, and a certain Jeremy Langsford, whether he can take over the reins for Matt Forte. Is he ready? to take over the reins for Matt Forte. Then we're going to end the podcast with a little bit of offensive rookie of the year talk, giving some predictions for you guys who we think is going to win it. But, Mark, we got to start with the big news, with the Tom Brady news, and we know about the suspension. However, it was now made clear today that Brady filed an appeal for a second hearing by the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in regards to his four-game suspension imposed by the NFL. And this is, like I said, this is a different side that we have yet to kind of talk about this. And the reason why I bring it up is it was, I can't remember what sports show it was on talk radio today where they kind of mentioned the idea for two seconds. But should Tom Brady just shut up? And accept the punishment. I really think that he should. I've been, I've been kind of, for a while. I've been thinking there's really nothing he's proving at this point. I mean, he's Tom Brady. We all know who Tom Brady is. Mm-hmm. We all know he's very successful. We all know that the beginning of the season really doesn't matter that much for the New England Patriots. They're always a team that really kicks it on later. I mean, just last year we were all discounting the Patriots. Uh, even before that, we were kind of discounting the Patriots as a team that was falling off a little bit. So there's no like there's nothing that Tom Brady needs to prove in those first games against the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Bills, which are going to be pretty, pretty. I would say at least two of those games are pretty winnable games. With one of them being a, uh, it'll be tough, and then of course the Cardinals being the difficult one. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, at, at this point. It's really a hail mary pass. It's not gonna. It's not gonna change. Nothing's gonna be different. Tom Brady's gonna lose again. At some point, he just needs to stop, right? At some point, I would love to see him say, "You know what? I should not be punished for this, but I'm whatever. I'm just going to deal with it, and I'm just gonna stop because nothing is being accomplished by this, 
it's just kind of prolonging the circus a little bit. It's just kind of, I wouldn't say it's really hurting the team, but it puts that big question mark over there of, can Tom Brady just be the team player and say, fine, let Jimmy Garoppolo be the guy getting the reps at the beginning because he needs them. Mm-hmm. I, Tom Brady, do not need these reps. This is the system I've been playing in for years, and I've won multiple Super Bowls, multiple you know, awards and everything like that in this offense. I don't need the reps. Jimmy Garoppolo needs the reps. Let him get it. Because right now with that question mark, Tom Brady's still going to be that guy getting them because Tom Brady doesn't let anybody take first uh, you know, first string reps from him. Well, and I mean, we've made the joke before that it's the kind of Peyton Manning syndrome with Brock the Cock where it was, you know what? I can't let the second stringer take my reps because that's how I lose a job. But Well, you, Tom Brady well, knows that better than anybody. Yeah, but you got to sit there and think... It's fucking Tom Brady. Like, Drew, Mm -hmm. we get it. Tom Brady replaced Drew Bledsoe, won a Super Bowl. But let's be honest. Was Drew Bledsoe anywhere near, anywhere near the kind of greatness of Tom Brady? No, Drew Bledsoe wasn't that great of a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I mean he wasn't fucking Tom Brady. He wasn't the guy that people were walking around using the term goat for. That's why it was easier for a Tom Brady to take the reins from Drew Bledsoe. And now we see why, because he's turned in to one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation, maybe even all time, but that's a conversation for a different day. The reason why, this is the main reason why I'm starting to think Tom Brady just won't let this go. It has nothing to do with actual X's and O's on the field. doesn't have anything to do with Garoppolo taking his job. Tom Brady is defending his brand. He knows that he is this close, and for you guys who can't see, because this isn't a video podcast, my fingers are really close together. About a centimeter. About a centimeter. He is this close from retirement. He's closer to retirement than he was coming into the league as a draftee from college, and he is protecting not only, he's trying to protect, I should say, not only his brand, but his legacy. That's why he's fighting this, because he doesn't want to retire. And then in all the discussions of who's who was the greater quarterback, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, this guy or Tom Brady, this guy or Tom Brady, he does not want, oh, well, he was a good quarterback, but that deflate gate. Well, first of all, I mean, the question of who's the better quarterback, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, Tom Brady wins every time. Uh but I, I honestly don't think there's any legacy. You know, this isn't going to shatter his it's legacy. More, this isn't going to chip away brand, at it. It's more of the brand side. I don't of even it. think that matters that much. I don't think this is going to do anything. Everybody has already. But gotten it matters over it. to Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. I would say the ego less, is so high. I would say that it, it matters, it matters less about the brand and more of just he's a competitive guy. He just plain wants to win. I would I would agree with that if you if you're anyone out there saying he just wants to beat Roger Goodell in the NFL I could get on board with that say yeah. Tom Brady's competitive he just wants to win it's an ego thing yeah but I don't think he's actually that concerned about his brand or anything like that because everybody doesn't nobody cares you know if anyone's putting blame on well, the New England Patriots fati- it's just fat- that the New England Patriots cheat we're all fatigued at this point and I know you guys listen are probably like guys. How how many times can we hear you guys talk about the Patriots and 
Tom Brady. I believe we almost used the same the same flipping thumbnail for the last time we talked mm-hmm. about this. Almost well, there's used, only only so many yeah. pictures of Tom Brady out there and Garoppolo together yeah. because you know Tom Brady doesn't like to be seen with Jimmy. But I mean, this is a topic that I mean. Listeners are fatigued. Sports fans are fatigued. The sports media is fatigued. Everyone's fatigued. Everyone's like, you know what? It's been two flipping years. And, like, why? Why Why not just... And to me, I'm at the point where just fucking sit down and accept it. Just sit yeah. the four games. You're fucking Tom Brady. It's four even games. If even if your team goes 0-4... Look at what happened the last time you went 0-4. You demolished the Chiefs week 5 on Monday night. Huh, who do you got week 5 this year? The Cleveland Browns. You'll win 122-zip, to zip, and then you can go on to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be concerned about here, really. Uh, they might lose to the Cardinals because the Cardinals are probably the NFC's Super Bowl favorite mm-hmm. at the moment. But they can beat the Dolphins because they always beat the Dolphins at home. They can beat the Texans because they beat the Texans at home. And they can beat the Bills because they always beat the Bills at home. They're going to have no problem with this. Yeah, the Bills are a better team. Yeah, the Dolphins are a better team. But they were better teams last year, too. So they're still going to be able to be beaten. You know, division games are always tough. But the New England Patriots can beat them. There's no question that. Even if they lose some of these games, it doesn't matter. They're going to be fine. They're going to do okay I think Tom Brady just needs to stop making, stop prolonging the circus, stop making this out into a bigger deal than it is. Just say whatever. Okay, I've I've been kind of screwed over because we can all kind of agree this four game suspension for mm-hmm. something that there's no actual real proof that Tom Brady himself was there doing it. It's a little edgy. Well, it doesn't re- need to be this much. The only reason why he's being attacked is because he won't throw his trainers under the bus. Mm-hmm. He won't throw his guys under the bus, and that's just who Tom Brady is. Another reason why I think that Tom Brady needs to just shut up and accept this punishment, and Patriot fans may be saying, well, Ricky, you're a fucking idiot because he shouldn't. He should be doing exactly what he's doing. But I kind of was thinking about it. I got The idea just planted my head, and I started to think about it. Look at a few years ago. What was the big Kind of before Deflate Gate was popular, what kind of gates were we talking about in the NFL? Talking about Bounty Gate? Bounty Gate. That's where I'm going, Mark. You're a smart cookie. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the penalties for Bounty Gate, and of course you can say, yeah, but Ricky, that's player safety against some balls were deflated because Tom Brady likes his balls a little bit firm. You look at the penalties, though, and in Bounty Gate, the NFL was rock solid. This is what it's going to be. We got to drop the hammer. Like the team did, they got fined half a million. And then on top of it, they lost two second round picks in 2012 2013. Manager Mickey Loomis was suspended eight games. Did Roger Kraft get get suspended for any games? No, No, of course not. Sean Payton got suspended for the entire 2012 season. Did Bill Belichick get get suspended? I'm nope. saying expended. I don't know why I'm saying that. Did oh, you get suspended? That's what I'm thinking. I've mm-hmm. got the school, like the school man kind of vibe in my head. But then on top of it, defensive coordinator and assistant coaches get. And Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely. Did any coaches get suspended from the Patriots? Nope. No. 
And then when we get to the players, who is the top player that got suspended from the Patriots or from the Saints? Jonathan Vilma. He got suspended the entire 2012 campaign. That is a lot more games than just the mere four that Tom Brady has to sit with. And I know that people are going to bring in the discussion of, well, Ricky, that's four games. That's four paychecks that he could be losing out on. Tom Brady's okay. Jerk-off motion. That's what I'm doing yeah. right now. Because Tom Brady doesn't give a shit about that money. He's mm-hmm. got enough of it to make that four games. Tom Brady doesn't need to get paid anything because his wife makes so much damn money. He's probably made he's made so much money. Giselle over makes his more career. money than he does. I mean, I know That's the whole insane. thing. I know the whole thing about Ricky. Just because they get paid a lot doesn't mean they go broke. But when you look at Tom Brady, does he look like a guy that spends extravagant money unless it's Uggs? No. He wait, loves his Uggs. He gets those for free because the sponsors. The thing I'm saying is you look at Bounty Gate, and I know it was different with the player safety thing involved, but the Patriots and Tom Brady should look at it and say Okay, we got off easy. I'm going to accept it. Because you think about mm-hmm. it, yeah, you may say, oh, that first-round pick, oh, they lost that first. That's that's way more than two seconds. No, that's one draft class. You lose one pick in a first round. It was a first-round pick that Bill Belichick wouldn't have fucking used. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have used it anyways. He would have traded away. The, the Saints, they lost two picks in two years, lost their coach for a year, lost their best defensive player for a year, the Patriots lose a first-round pick and Tom Brady for four games. Yeah. Well, it's also the fact, too, of just, at this point, I mean, you've already lost. Just take it. Yeah, I mean, you did get it reversed once, but then the higher court, meaning the court that's more important, the one whose mm-hmm. decision is more important, said, nope, you lose. Now he's going back to say, just one more time, guys. Let's hear it one more time. And maybe you want to say, well, he won once, he lost once, let's see what the final verdict is. But that's not the way the court system really works. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, it's like that kid it'll be interesting. It's like that kid in school where you, you get that test back and it's an F and he goes, yeah. well, is there, is, there any, is there anything I can do to uh, get my grade up? No, you should have studied. Well, I don't even think it's that it's an F. It's like that it's a C or a B. And it's just right there. It's not bad, but it's not good because this isn't really that bad. Let's say CD because a B, I feel like Tom Brady would be pretty happy with. No, nah, Tom Brady likes A's. Tom Brady is that guy who, <laughs> who wants that A+. Plus. I'd say a B would be like a two-game suspension. He's that guy who's got the uh, the 94.8, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I think it should be a 95. Can we round up point two? <laughs> I, it's just at this point, I mean— I, I don't want to downplay it or anything like that, but it's just at some point you have to just say, all right, whatever, let's move on. And, yeah, Tom Brady doesn't want to do that, but it's just kind of ridiculous. I mean, I don't. I think that Tom Brady got more than he deserved um, because there's no proof of anything, really. And that sucks, and this, this totally mm-hmm. sucks. But Tom Brady's going to be okay. The Patriots are going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We're not really that worried. The fact that... You know, the the Patriots organization was willing to go out and draft another quarterback mm-hmm. in the third round this year goes to show that they're not banking on Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy of the I'm future. stealing the job from TB. Yeah, so in that case, that kind of gives a little more security to Tom Brady to say, all right, this is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Or even if you're, if you're, you know, Belichick, if you're Kraft, you might want to say, hey, Tom, we really want to show off. Jimmy Garoppolo for those four games so we can trade him and improve this team. Tom Brady's a guy who's willing to sacrifice himself if it improves the team. Mm -hmm. He takes 
Well, pay he, cuts. he plays with his paychecks. Yes. So that way they can they can he have takes, more money. Air quote pay cuts. Yeah, I mean he still gets his money and signing bonuses. But you know he's willing to do that. You think he might be willing to do this so they can get more draft picks? So that way they can make yet another run, or you know have the future set mm-hmm. up for later. I don't know. It's just the way I see it is at this point because of everything that happened. Tom Brady should just look at it and say, "Hey, it could be a lot worse. We could be the Saints." I could be out for a year. Kraft could be suspended for eight games. Belichick could be suspended. All of our coaches could be suspended. We got off easy. We just lost the first, and I have to sit out the first four meaningless games because, let's be honest, for the Patriots, the first four games of the season, it's kind of like when you get those baseball fans that are like, fuck it, it's May baseball, who cares? That's Mm -hmm. what Patriot fans are like in the first four weeks because – your team can go 0-4, and you can still make the Super Bowl because yeah. you have Tom Brady. It's just at this point, I mean, I appreciate that Tom Brady doesn't want to lose, that he feels like he's been slighted, but everyone's just so sick of this. Mm-hmm. And we all just want it to end. And at some point, we're just saying, hey, you can keep banging your head against that wall. You can keep the argument going. Sometimes you just got to bury the hatchet. Like, let's just move on, please. For the sake of all that is right in this world, Ricky. In the football. In the world of football, Ricky. <laughs> let's just move on. Let's get the season started. Hey, you know me, man. I used to love to say the world of this. The world the of world this, of the that. world of that. Man, the world of football. It's a great world to be in. But before we move on to our next uh, topic, just to kind of, I'm going to tag this little itty bitty thing onto the end of this Tom Brady topic because it has to do with their division. Do you hear the the news that came out today about the Buffalo Bills and their uh, preseason practice rules? Uh, I don't Did you hear so. about that. Apparently, reporters, if you are sitting there and watching preseason practice, you can't report. You can't tweet anything. Hmm. You can't tweet anything. So if you see, like, let's say, oh, Sean McCoy lined up in the in the in the Wildcat and they were running some Wildcat plays, you're not allowed to tweet that. Not even gonna get not filmed. even when you leave. Nope. Hmm. However, here's the thing. If you're a fan in the stand, you can just go ahead and tweet it. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's <laughs> kind of pointless because then if I'm that guy in the stands and I'm not allowed to tweet, all I'm going to do is leave and say, you know, to my buddy who's in the office next to me or, you know, whatever it might be, hey, I can't report on this, but this is what happened. So you go ahead. It doesn't say I can't verbally say this to my buddy. Oh, and you know what's absolutely perfect? Huh. So I found an article. Um, I'm going to put it down low from uh, businessinsider.com. Where, so here's, here's the policies, the big policies. Number one, reporters are prohibited from reporting specific plays, strategies, formations, packages, sub-packages, and player practicings um, with specific units. They may not, they being the reporters, may not rely who is rushing the passer, drop passes, interceptions, quarterback completion percentage, etc. Photographers may only shoot during designated portions of practice, and the media should not report on any injury situations occurring during a practice that is not open to the public with detailed blah, 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 blah. Well, the thing is, some people are making a mockery of it, like one uh, Mike Rodock. Here's one tweet of his. A Bills quarterback with a jersey number that is the square root of 25 threw a football that missed its intended target. Nice. 
I'm glad that someone's doing Because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's dumb. Here's another one from Tyler Dunn. A quarterback just threw a pick six on his first pass in 11 on 11. It wasn't Taylor or Jones. Yeah. This is just dumb because, I mean. So that's Eli Manuel. For you, those you of you ha- not paying EJ, attention at home. EJ Manuel. Yeah. You got to feed. I said Eli, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, did. We don't talk about, <laughs> we don't talk about equal manning in terms of bad things going on with the Bills. Uh, it, you know, it's you got to. Give to the media if you want the media to give to you. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, this is Marshawn Lynch syndrome here. Marshawn Lynch won't talk to the media. The I'm media only, scrutinizes him. Mark, I'm only doing this podcast so I don't get fined. Exactly. When you, if you aren't going to do this, this is what's going to happen. We're going to make a <laughs> fucking mockery and a joke of your joke of a team because Rex Ryan being there is, of course, a joke. I'm going to put the not link, Rex, more of his brother. I'm going to put the link to that Business Insider article down below in it's case just, you want to. It's just so dumb. In case you want to see some more funny tweets. Oh, that Square and, Root one. And got with me. this, if I'm that person too, the Square Root one's great. But the if I'm this reporter, I am not going to say a single good thing about your team now. I'm going to say nothing but bad. Wait, I'm going to report the pick six. I'm going to report about blown the coverage. S- square root of 25 is five, right? Yeah. So it's jersey number five. Who is jersey five number times five? five. Probably, Who is jersey number five? E- that probably is EJ. Is that EJ? I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Go ahead. We don't pay very saying. much attention to the jersey numbers of various Bills players <laughs> on this podcast. But I would just, you know, I would just do exactly that. I'd be like, oh, a defensive back, you know, who you guys saw starting for whatever games. Just blew a coverage. I'm not going to post about that great pick six that he had or something like that. Nope. Just want to post the negative because, you know, hey, if you're going to make my job difficult, I want to bring a bad light to you guys. What's That's e- my thought. What's even funnier is um, there's no number five quarterback. Yeah. There is no number five quarterback. Square root of 25. Yeah. So it says square root of 25. Yeah. So there's no number five. It's Jones's seven. Then we've got six and three. Our, our it, quarterback would, is it possible that there are practice squad quarterbacks? I'm looking at main roster guys. Yeah. But uh, we're going to move on to our next topic. We went a little bit longer on that one, but I felt like that had to be in there about the Bills and their ma- like just ludicrous, just ludicrous media policies. Five is Tyrod Taylor. Okay. So it is Tyrod. Hey, really? Yep. It's Tyrod? Hmm. So he threw the uh, pick six in one of them, but Wonderful. we're gonna move, we're gonna move on. But to the- hey, they're gonna go to the playoffs. So. Yeah, apparently. Well, they have to, or else Rex is gone. But we're gonna move on to the Chicago Bears now, and Mark's favorite team because Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. You guys drafted Jordan Howard in the draft. Not gonna be a starter for you guys, but you get a running back. I'm gonna just be frank with it. Is Jeremy Langford ready to take over for Matt Forte in Chicago? Well, here's the thing. So, is he ready to take over? Sure. He's ready to take over. But he's is ready, he ready to be, to the, be starter. the guy. Is he ready to be Matt Forte? No, because Matt Forte's been in the top three running backs consistently since he got to the NFL. He has been absolutely incredible, uh, not only as a running back, running the ball, but as a running back catching the ball. He has been fantastic. Now, he's not always the best red zone back, mm-hmm. but that's not his That's not his style. That's not but what we you, wanted him to do. Do you need that? Do you need him to be a red zone back? Not when you have extremely tall wide receivers like the Chicago Bears have. And, uh, well, hey, Martellus Bennett's not here, but we still I, I have a tall say, we don't tight have, end. We don't have Bennett anymore. Um, Zach Miller's still tall, but... 
you don't really need that so much. Uh, Matt Forte is obviously we're going to have to take Walter Payton aside. Mm-hmm. Matt Forte is probably going to be your next best running back in Chicago Bears history. Langford's not so going to be saying, the So you're third saying it best. goes sweetness and then Forte. I would go ahead and say that. Okay. Not necessarily as a pure running back, as what Matt Forte was able to do. Because for years, How Matt Forte— How valuable he was to the team. Yes. Yeah. For years, Matt Forte was the number one wide receiver. And I would say he was almost the most popular bear during yep. his time. Maybe not when—like, maybe when him and Marshall were on the team at the same time, there was a little bit of—I felt like the consensus among bear fans that I knew mm-hmm. was that if we're talking more popular— it was Brandon Marshall because he was the guy. He was the charismatic figure out there. But once Marshall left, who was the guy everybody loved? Matt Forte. Oh, yeah. And Matt Forte was such a huge, huge part of the team before that, too. Uh, just to give an example of, you know, this is his best year, but of what Matt Forte brought to the Chicago Bears, over 1,000 running yards and over 800 receiving yards mm-hmm. in 2014. And the guy's incredible. He is such a great addition. He is the safety blanket. And that's gone now. Of course, Jeremy Langford, only one season, you know, just over 500 yards, but there wasn't that much asked of him, especially early on. Uh, there really wasn't much of anything asked for him until we played your favorite team, Minnesota Vikings, in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely, definitely good on the ground, not amazing. I mean, his highest game, he was getting around 70, uh, 70 yards a couple times, an 80-yard game as well. But he had a 109 receiving yard game, a 70-yard receiving game, and he showed flashes of what Matt Forte is. So in a way, he's kind of Matt Forte light. He's kind of the poor man's Matt Forte. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready to step up and be that. I think he's going to probably need a little bit more support. But we have that support in a way that we didn't with Matt Forte. Well, and Matt Forte never had wide receivers that well, were good. And I was the Chicago like, Bears uh, do. Well, he had, Marshall, he had Nelson? Brandon Marshall for like one year. But that was his best year. Yeah, but consistently, that's the thing I was going to get into mm-hmm. is the you said the support. And the one thing that I always think of is Bear fans that I talk to have, they're always like, oh, well, we basically got two first round picks because Kevin White's coming back this year. And I've seen it in the comment sections whenever Mike Rankin from behind the pen here or whenever we talk Bears, we have a contingency of the MVP army that bears down every weekend. And the kind of consensus is that Kevin White is going to be able to come in and give you the same kind of greatness that when you had Alshon and Brandon the thing that I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to maybe bring it back to a realistic kind of attitude, is Kevin White going to be as good as everyone's hyping him up to be? I'm not saying necessarily mm-hmm. that he's going to be bad, but is it going to be we are putting him on a pedestal to where if he doesn't even obtain those goals, don't worry about helping out Langford, but do fans go... Oh, fuck, what did we just do? Well, I think Kevin White's expectations are very high because he had the year off, obviously. He had the injury that took him for an entire Supply year and demand almost. Um, so he he definitely has more expected of him. But he's got Alshon Jeffrey who's going to command the double teams. Mm-hmm. Langford's definitely going to help him out. 
you know, Miller showed up or showed off that he can be a very solid and reliable tight end when he's healthy and he's on the field. So with everything going well, everything going the way it's supposed to be, uh, and of course, don't forget about Eddie Royal as well. Uh, this team, well, Eddie Royal's sh- got to stay healthy. Well, yeah, so does Alshon, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Miller. There's a lot of this team needs to stay healthy out there. Uh, but you have, with everything going well, you have everything in place to where people can underperform a little bit, and that will be hidden by the rest of the talent on the offense. So Langford doesn't have to be amazing. And Kevin White doesn't have to be amazing. And it should still work out because the other players on the team are going to make those guys look better. When you get a lot of stars out there, you get a lot of guys who are supposed to be good, it makes everybody perform a little bit better mm-hmm. and look a little better. So if that's what's happening here, it doesn't matter if Kevin White's not that great. It doesn't matter if Langford's not living up to that potential because mm-hmm. right now we don't need them to because well, they got the supporting cast. Well, in Lankford's defense, you don't need him to be Matt Forte. You don't need him to step in and be exactly what Matt Forte was. You you just need him to be serviceable. And you mm-hmm. just need him to get the yards that he's going to get, catch the ball out of the backfield, let the team just work. It's not like you're running a Gary Kubiak offense where the running back is a big key. Well, the running back is going to be a big key to to this offense, too. Yeah, but, I mean, with John Fox, I feel like, look at his Denver days. I mean, yeah, with C.J. Anderson and the running backs there, Hillman, um, used, yeah, but it was more of who did we focus on? Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. But part on of that, the, of course, is because yeah, is I mean, Peyton and Demarius Thomas helps, too, out there mm-hmm. and all the receivers that they had, but... We focused on that passing game. This last year with Kubiak in Denver, we focused more on the running back. Now, that mm-hmm. could be the deterioration of Peyton Manning, and whenever we focused on the quarterback, we were focusing on Brock DeCock just being in the game. But I feel like with the Bears, and this has kind of turned into a kind of mini-season preview, but not really because you're going to go way into depth in our second week of June, I believe, is the NFC North previews for us this year. But... I just I feel like for the Bears, this is going to be a big year where it's going to be this year is going to set up whether or not next year's the Super Bowl year. Because I know like you said, oh, second year of John Fox teams usually do really well. You're probably not gonna don't don't get Super Bowl Super Bears like Bill Schwartzky has said on this on this YouTube channel, but this is going to be the season where the Bears can say, you do well enough and you make the wild card like I think you're going to, then it could be a, okay, this Super Bowl thing is very obtainable next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is going to be kind of try out for some of these players because some of these guys are still rotating and we are still improving mm-hmm. uh, through the draft, of course. I, I really think right now Langford... Like you're saying, doesn't have to be that service. I mean, he has to be serviceable. He doesn't have to be amazing. But the same is going to apply to Alshon Jeffrey. The same is going to apply to Kevin White. The same is going to apply to Zach Miller. People just have to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And if you follow what John Fox and what Vic Fangio want, it's they want to have a great defense that's going to, you know, basically what the Chicago Bears were. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let your offense be on the field very much. And then the you know, the, the Chicago Bears offense is just going to control clock, 
They're going to game manage. They're going to work their way up, and they're going to score enough points. They're not going to blow you off the score, uh, you know, off the scoreboard. This isn't John Fox's days of Peyton Manning. They're just going to do enough, and they're going to win. That's what the, that's mm-hmm. the recipe for success. It's the same thing that your Minnesota Vikings are mm-hmm. doing. It's the same thing that the Patriots are not Patriots that the um, the Denver Broncos did last year. This is nothing new. This is nothing out of the ordinary. It's just a very controlled kind of football, and that's what they want. That's why you don't really need people to be absolute stars. Mm-hmm. And John Fox, besides Peyton Manning, hasn't been known for having the biggest star out there. He's really more known for just having a great team that he assembled. I'm going to wrap this up by asking you one question. Super Bowl, yes. No, 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 not Super Bowl. It has to do with, I'm going to use my prediction for the Bears. Uh-huh. As kind of the set stone for this hypothetical. All right. Let's say the Bears do make it to the wild card. Mm-hmm, 16 and 0. But yeah. they lose. They lose in the first game, okay. kind of like my Vikings. So that means, depending on the other teams, mm-hmm. you're thinking a 21 through 24 pick range. So either 21, 22, 23, or 24. If Jeremy Lankford, Lank- or Lankford, yeah. I'm putting an S in there, if Lankford doesn't perform well, and let's say it's like almost abysmal bad, where it's like, whoa, I'm glad we got to the wild card, despite our running back play. Mm. Would you be a lobbyist for the Bears? Leonard Fournette wouldn't be in the question. You'd have to be a top five pick for that, which I don't think the Bears would be. Unless he royally fucks up this year. But would you be a lobbyist for the Bears to go with a Nick Chubb or a Delvin Cook with that pick Mm -hmm. in the first round if Jeremy Lanks, Lankford doesn't do well. Well, in, is that, is in that this where scenario where the Chicago Bears have gone 16-0 and and losing the wild card, <laughs> um, which is pretty impressive for a team to be undefeated and be well, in the wild card. The Packers rounds. also went 16-0. and They must have. Yeah, they did. Uh, and some other team probably has also gone 16-0 <laughs> in this scenario, too. I, there's got to be somebody that's like, wait a second, they play each other twice. <laughs> <laughs> the comment has already been posted. Um so, and in this scenario, the Lions have probably gone 0 16. Let's be well, honest. Well, no, 0 20. Yeah. So, because they lost the preseason. That's true. All four <laughs> games. All four games in the preseason they lost to. And the NFL made a special exception just to count those two. Yep. Because they want the Lions to feel good about breaking some record this breaking year. Breaking their own their record. Their own record, yeah, of 0 16. So, in this scenario, First of all, I don't want a guy whose last name is Chubb on my team, especially as a running back. I'm just not into that. Nick Chubb, man. I, I just don't want that to be the scenario. Um, but in all seriousness, Mark could have went with his injury that he's coming back from this season. No, but nope, the he name. went with his last name it's being last Chubb. Uh, I, I don't know if I would say running back is where I want to go. There are still needs on the defensive side of the ball that should be addressed, uh, especially if you're not going to get the number one running back. What in if the I, first round, I don't probably want what the if number I, two. What if I throw this at you? Here's the situation. Bears have a shit season. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler was injured. Lankford couldn't do shit. And the team is just bad. Here's your draft order. Mm-hmm. Browns at number one. They take Deshaun Watson because the Eagles were 0-16. Of course. They take Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. The Giants, going 0-16 this year. The Giants are mm-hmm. the second pick. They did the second worst. They take Miles Garrett. Okay. The defensive end at Texas A&M. Bears are at the third pick. Do they take Leonard Fournette? If if it is one of those seasons where you're the third pick, Jay Cutler was injured this year, 
Lankford didn't perform and was one of the worst backs in the NFL. At that point, do you go, boom, let's fucking take Fournette? Assuming that Jay Cutler is going to come back? Yes, he comes back. It's not career-ending. And and also, well, I think it, uh, part of it's going to depend, too, on, on, on uh, David Fales. Did he look serviceable? Did he look okay? You know, are we still assuming that we're grooming him into the quarterback of the future? Um, or are we kind of assuming that experiment is done? Because that experiment is done, I think it's tough to not say maybe we should draft a quarterback. Your second best quarterback could either be Chad Kelly or Brad mm-hmm. Kaya, whether how they do this season. Yeah, and a lot of it, of course, is going to be that. So the prediction game... It's tough to play. So what we're at right now, you probably do have to go running back. So you take Fournette. If you are the third pick, mm-hmm. you take Fournette and say, sorry, Lang- Langford, you're now the second in command. Yeah, because you did well when you were second. Mm-hmm. You did well coming in off the bench and helping us out. So just go back to what you did well. And with that hypothetical, I don't know if I just pissed off our Bear fans or made them cream their pants. I, I don't know what I did because... You're mad because you got the third pick, mm-hmm. but you're probably very excited but, that of we're course, talking about you getting Fournette. In that scenario, too, though, you do run into the danger. The big debate is, obviously, you're going to have one of the best defensive players available to you. Mm-hmm. If Jay Cutler just got hurt and he's at the end of his career because Jay Cutler's old, mm-hmm. it's very hard to ignore the need of a quarterback. And you, it's not often that you are in a situation where you essentially have the pick of the litter. Yeah. One guy's gone already, but you oh, have to Desha- take the litter. Deshaun, if the Cleveland Browns are the first pick, whether mm. because they suck or the Eagles suck this year, they're going to go Deshaun Watson because yeah. there is no way. Unless he gets injured, Deshaun Watson is going to be the number one pick next season. That's just how it goes. Look at Jared Goff. Nobody mm-hmm. thought Jared Goff would go number one. He's number one. Deshaun Watson comes out this year. Guess what? Jared Goff's not your number one pick. Deshaun Watson's your number one pick, but he couldn't come out. That was just some hypotheticals I wanted to throw out there. Before we move on to Rookie of the Year, I'll ask you because you're the Bears yeah. fan. Kind of projection for Lankford. How is he going to do in his first season as the guy without Matt Forte? I don't expect it to be amazing. I expect him to, you know, I expect him to be in like an 800 range yards. So it's definitely good. You're definitely happy with a guy with mm-hmm. your running back being in the 800s. Uh, especially because he's also going to help out in the passing game. So he's definitely going to get a lot of receptions as well. But I don't necessarily... I don't know that the running game is going to be the absolute central focus. Now that you got Kevin White and now that you got Alshon Jeffrey, uh, I think we're going to... The Chicago Bears are going to want to utilize those weapons a little bit more. Be a little bit more pass happy mm-hmm. than they were last year because there were zero options last year. So I definitely think that there's going to be less pressure off of Langford. I think he's going to do a good job. He's going to be a little less than Matt Forte, but we're all going to be pretty happy about it. Okay, we're going to move on to the last part of our podcast. going to be talking offensive rookie of the year. If you're thinking, Ricky, wh- wh- where's the defense? Next week we're going to end the podcast talking about some defensive rookie of the year. Some guys that we think could take home the award, and then we'll end the segment with who we think is going to bring home the award. And I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Mark, because this is a guy I feel like we've got to talk about. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him because he plays a position that 
some deem worthy, some don't deem worthy. More people than not kind of forget about this position, even though you could make the case that it is becoming one of the more valued positions on a team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Does Robert Agayo, the kicker, the rookie kicker, mm-hmm. win rookie of the or offensive rookie of the year? No, stop it. No. Definitely not. Calm yourself. Does no. he have that season where it's no. like, hey, he was the best for his team? No. And no, he no. wins. He's best kicker in college, becomes the best kicker in the NFL year one. No, I, I mean, even being the best kicker, you're not going to be the best player. What, put you like not even top 100 in the NFL? No. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a kicker. We all know you are at the bottom of the totem pole. When it comes to starters in the NFL. Like, yeah, you guys are important, and sometimes you lose games by kicking the laces. Other times you win the Super Bowl at Don't the very end. Don't bring that end. up, man. Don't bring that up. You know, you, there's a lot of things that kickers do, but we all kind of know that kickers, we don't really care about them very much. We only care when they win or lose that game. It's not often that kickers mm-hmm. are really in the situation where they are winning or losing that game. So I would not be super... I wouldn't. No one could convince me that a, mm-hmm. that a kicker is going to win this. Now, the the other thing to say, of course, is that there's some really obvious ones out there that are going to take this away. It could, Zeke. yeah, it could be oh. Ezekiel oh, Elliott. Man, I had to cough there. It could be Goff. See, I don't know. I don't know if it is Goff. I don't think he is. It's easy for a quarterback to win. Yeah, though. but I feel this year the main guy who is like. Boom, he's the front runner and everyone else is just watching him, is Zeke. Mm-hmm. Like if I if if I was going to Vegas and I you said Ricky, you gotta put a hundred bucks down on somebody to win this award, I'm putting my money on Zeke. Cause that's gonna be the that's the guy to give me the best return to at least get my money back. Yeah, and I think that the team he's on is obviously the best of any mm-hmm. of these guys we're really talking about. Uh with possibly one exception, which we'll get to. Uh so he's got the easiest road there, and he's also going to be in a lot of good games where his team is winning. It really helps when your team wins games for you to be the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, obviously, quarterbacks have an easy way to do it, whether it's going to be Wentz, because let's be honest, Wentz is probably going to start at some point this season, uh, or if it's going to be Goff because he's the obvious feel, number one pick starter. I feel like for Wentz, and I'm going to throw Paxton Lynch into the same boat, the reason why they're the quarterbacks that I wouldn't necessarily put as offensive rookie of the year is because they're probably not. They might not start week one. I mean, you've got Sam Bradford ahead of mm-hmm. Wentz, and we don't know how that situation is going to play out. And we also have Mark Sanchez in front of Paxton Lynch. But so those two quarterbacks I, I would are make, more developmental. Yeah, but I would make the argument that if someone like Paxton Lynch comes in week four and. Lights out. He has an RG three like rookie season. Cam Newton like rookie season. He can. It doesn't. I don't care that he didn't play the first quarter of the season. He can still be because when he was out there, when he was on the field, he was the most valuable rookie mm-hmm. out there. If that's the situation, then I think. No, I think. Yeah, you got to get some nod. To I that. think we're not going to have. We are not going to have a quarterback as offensive rookie of the year this year. Now. The thing that I mentioned about another guy who's going to be very, very valuable to his team is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Ricky's going to be upset because it's not his team's wide receiver. Let me guess. Can I take a guess? Sure. Will Fuller. Uh, of course. Yeah. That's yeah, on thought. the Texans. That's what I thought. 
good defense out there, so it's going to be a good team. They're going to be in a lot of situations to win. Uh, Will Fuller, a lot of people had him as their favorite wide receiver. If, of course, you weren't saying that Laquan Treadwell was your favorite wide receiver, mm-hmm. you were probably one or the other uh, in this situation. You got the new quarterback up there who's ready to make his name. He was doing good stuff over in Denver. Now he's in Houston, and he wants to go get his team to glory you know, and show that this is his team. Mm-hmm. And he's got a great weapon in Will Fuller to really make that happen. I think Will Fuller has a great chance of being the top wide receiver to do it because he doesn't have to compete with Adrian Peterson for Mm -hmm. attention. Like, of course, Laquan Treadwell is going to. I'm going to go back and I'm going to say that Zeke, I could see Zeke or Will winning the Rookie of the Year award before, let's say, a Jared Goff because I'm going to put this into perspective. From 2010 to 2012, that was a three-season span. We had three quarterbacks win Rookie of the Year. Bradford with the Rams, Cam Newton with the Panthers, RG3 with the Redskins. Since 2012, that was the RG3 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Since then, a quarterback has not won the Rookie of the Year. And if you even go back from there, the Rookie of the Years that we had were 2008, Matt Ryan. 2006, Vince Young. 2004, Big Ben. You have, I'm going to either go further than that. I mean, Big Ben, he was the first quarterback winner since Dennis Shaw in 1970. Because this has been an award that from 1970 all the way until Big Ben won it in 2004. Yeah, there were some wide receivers sprinkled in there, but there were some Good fucking running backs that have won this award. The ones during, like, Eric Dickerson won it. I'm going to skip a few. Barry Sanders, The Boss, Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin, Eddie George, Warwick Dunn, Edron James. We've got Clinton Portis was a serviceable running back during his career. Cadillac Williams was coming out hot of college. And then recently, out of the last three years, it was Eddie Lacy, Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley last year. Mm -hmm. So to me, if you're putting your money down on Offensive Rookie of the Year, put it on one of the wide receivers, either Will Fuller, Laquan Treadwell, or Josh Doxson. Fuck, even you could throw Corey Coleman in there. I know he plays for the Browns, but I would put my money on him before Jared Goff. And the Mm -hmm. reason being is look at what Goff has. Goff doesn't have anybody to throw to. RG3, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford at least had teams. And also don't forget that RG3 and Cam Newton were a team in themselves. Those two were mobile quarterbacks. RG3 did it all. Yeah, he did everything, and that's why he is what he is now. And Cam Newton that first year wasn't the Cam Newton we saw this last year. He ran around with the ball. Yeah. Now, I want to point out that we're talking about the the guys like Eddie Lacy, the guys like Odell Beckham, Mm -hmm. uh, who won, but... Let's also remember Odell even won it, and he missed the first what eight games of the year. Yeah, so you know that kind of only just goes to prove my point of it's still of the Lynch one. Yeah, yeah, it's still possible. But let's look at some of the quarterbacks that that played. Uh, let's you know, 2013, mm-hmm. Mike Glennon was drafted as a rookie. EJ Manuel, Geno Smith. You're not happy about that. You knew none of those guys were going to win rookie of the year. Let's go 2014, of course, Blake Bortles, Johnny Menzel, 
Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. You're pretty sure none of those guys <laughs> were going to win either. The point here is there weren't good quarterbacks really coming into the NFL making that name. There wasn't an RG3. There wasn't a Cam Newton. There wasn't an Andrew Luck out there. So these past few years, I still would say it's easier for a quarterback to win it than any other position because quarterback has the ball in his hand every single down. And the one thing I did do a little bit of research in Mm -hmm. case the keyboard warriors have already typed in the comment section, but the only quarterback from 20, um, what was it, 2010 to 2012, that one rookie of the year that didn't have the best of wide receivers was Sam Bradford because in 2012 RG3 his top three receivers that year four or his top four receivers all had over 500 yards he had Pierre Garçon Santana Moss Leonard Hankerson and Josh Morgan all of them serviceable wide receivers Cam Newton only had the 1,394 yard monster of Steve Smith and Greg Olson yeah. and Jeremy Shockey and Brandon LaFell that year so he was pretty set. Plus, he had the dual-headed monster in the backfield of D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Oh, and that's on top of his 126 carries and 700 rushing yards. And then you got Sam Bradford, who his top receiver, 689 yards. Danny Amendola, the next one at 620, Brandon Gibson. Like, those are the names where it's like, okay, Danny Amendola... Okay, that's a serviceable name, but Brandon Gibson, like, yeah, he had a good season, but that's a name where it's like, fuck, you did it, you got rookie of the year with those guys catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Congrats, man, because you just showed up with those three thousand yeah. five hundred and twelve. First yards. season for him was good. Now, last year, of course, we did have Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston out there. Yeah, but Todd Gurley well. just had a fucking he monster of a season. Yeah, so there was no competition and in that, that case, and that's what I think. Getting back to Zeke. That is why I think Zeke is the for sure winner mm-hmm. because he's going to, to me in my eyes, he's going to do the same thing that Gurley did because look at the fucking offensive line that he's got down there. That in whole Dallas. team is great. He's got Tony Romo as his quarterback, Des Bryant catching the balls. He's got Jason Witten as the tight end. And then just think about what DeMarco Murray was able to do with that offensive line. Now put a guy like Zeke. That's like saying, We've got DeMarco back. Mm. That's what Dallas is saying. Dallas could be a viable even favorite to win the Super Bowl with Zeke. I'm not going to say they will because I'm just going to kiss a death them. And I've already got my kiss of death picked out, but I'm not going to say it. I know who I'm kiss of deathing all the way in May. But, yeah, if I had to pick anyone, I think it's going to be Zeke is the guy we crown as Offensive Rookie of the yeah. Year. Just because look at what Gurley did last year. He's the obvious pick. Well, it's, it's also that, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott went to the best team. Mm-hmm. There was no reason why a team like the Dallas Cowboys, I know their season was terrible last year, mm-hmm. but there's no reason that a team on paper that good should have been drafting that early. Injuries was the reason. Uh, but there's no reason why a team should have been in that situation for and what I, they are. And I will say this. If Will Fuller is even in the discussion, the reason why he'll be in the discussion is because teams will double-team Jalen Strong and double-team, not Jalen Strong, DeAndre Hopkins enough to where it's like, fuck, they're double-teaming him. I'll just throw the wide-open Fuller. Mm-hmm. And Fuller's he's just gonna a great catch, target. He's just going to catch just deep bombs all day. And that's going to be a problem. That's the other problem of Laquan Treadwell. I think he's going to turn into the number, the main number one in Minnesota. Though. Yeah, but he's going to get the double-teams. True. And Adrian Peterson's taking those carries away. Because, uh, 
are the, the, the I guess the receptions away because you want the ball mm-hmm. in Adrian Peterson's hand. So it's going to be tough for him. It really will. Uh, I don't know. Percy Harvin won it in 2009, and he had AP as his running back. Yeah, that's true. Percy Harvin a little bit a- different than the AP Trimble. then won it, and he also AP also won it in 2007. Yeah. So if I was going to rank these guys, I'm obviously putting Zeke first, mm-hmm. putting Will Fuller. Then I'm going to put Laquan Treadwell. Then it's got to go Goff. I mean, and after that, I don't think it's really worth ranking after that. No, top three is it. My yeah. top three from number one down, I'm crowning Zeke at the beginning of the season. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year with Wolf Will Fuller at two, Laquan Treadwell at three. I don't even think Goff gets to the podium. He doesn't even get a medal in the Rookie of the Year race. But this is where you guys tell us down below, what do you think about anything we talked about today? Tom Brady, what do you think about Langsford? Bears fans want to hear from you guys. And then, obviously, the Rookie of the Year chatter for the offensive side. We will get to the to the defensive side of the ball next week in Mark's. It's actually your last week before you take a week off because yeah. you're going to Puerto Rico. I am, where there's no football. Where there's no football. No football yet. We could be playing football over there. I mean, it's basically a state. Why not? Yeah, it's basically People will get a mad state. at me for saying that, but hey, they voted. They wanted to become a state. It's basically the 51st state. But They said gonna, they're willing to be. That's going to do it for the onside kick. As for my name is Ricky Widmer, at Ricky Widmer, at the Mark Weber, at Most Valuable Pod. Go ahead, hit that like button and that share button repost, I believe it's called, on SoundCloud. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button. If you're new Hit that subscribe button. Go check out our Patreon page if you want to give us that little bit extra support. Patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast. Thank you guys for checking it out this week. We will talk to you guys next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.